And now, from the Save on Foods Wines of British Columbia Studios, it's BC Food and Wine Radio, on location at the Vancouver International Wine Festival. Now, here's Anthony Gismondi. Hello, British Columbia. I'm Anthony Gismani, and welcome to today's show. We're really happy to have you today. It's uh, the 43rd Vancouver International Wine Festival, and we're coming to you live from the floor of the International Tasting Room, 101 wineries, over 500 wines, and a lot of thirsty consumers who uh, missed out on this festival a year ago uh, because of the pandemic, but everybody's back, and a lot of energy in the room, a lot of fun. And uh, we're going to try and convey some of that to you with uh, the people that we'll interview today. Many of them are uh, from just coming out from behind the booth where they're serving wines. Uh, it's been one year, the global travel shutdown surrounding the pandemic, but the festival is uh, resuming its annual show, albeit with a slightly modified version. And for the first time uh, during late spring, which is kind of cool because... Uh, we're, we're going to be watching a sunset from the tasting room, something we rarely see uh, earlier when the show takes place in February, mostly early March. So that'll be kind of fun. Now, on today's show, uh, Michael Coleman, he's the COO and winemaker at Asoyas La Rose. He's promised to bring two old vintages of wine. We're actually going to discuss uh, what it's like to age British Columbia wine, which many people do not do. I don't blame them, but it is kind of fun to uh, save your wine and uh, let it develop in the bottle. So we're going to talk to Michael about that, and we're going to talk about this great uh, vineyard of uh, Soyuz La Rose in the South Okanagan. Also joining us today, Bradley Cooper. It's his first time on the show. He's a winemaker and general manager of One Faith Vineyards. Uh, One Faith Vineyards started out making a, a single wine in B.C., a Bordeaux-style wine, a, a wine of you know Cabernet, Merlot, Malbec, Petit Verdot and uh, Cab Franc. Uh, and now they make a couple other wines. He's going to talk about those, but mostly we'll talk about their new facility that they've opened in District Wine Village. So you can actually go and uh, visit them now. They were kind of a ghost winery for a few years, selling wine online with no facility, but they're all set up in uh, one di- uh, in uh, District Village. So it should be fun to talk to him and discover One Faith Vineyards. As well, Evan Saunders, winemaker, and Tanya Martin, general manager of Blasted Church. Uh, this winery just really surfaced in the last three or four years under Evan Saunders, and he cleaned up at the National Wine Awards last year as the best small winery in the country. So we're, we're really impressed with his wine. So we'll have a quick chat with Evan. I think we're going to drink some sparkling wine today, something called OMFG. I'll leave that to your imagination. Uh, wonderful wine. But up next, Christine Coletta joins us. She's the founder of Okanagan Crush Pad. And we're going to talk about her uh, organic journey, both in wines and in life, uh, at her incredible Okanagan Crush Pad winery in uh, Summerland. Summerland has become uh, one of those hot spots in Vancouver, or sorry, in the Okanagan, in which uh, it was kind of the place that everybody drove by. Uh, on the way to Penticton or Kelowna and never really stopped unless they bought some fruit on a roadside stand. That's all changed. Ciders, uh, uh, a new distillery, and a lot of new wineries in Bottleneck Drive uh, are changing the whole face of Summerland. And Christine Coletta, of course, is one of the great pioneers. Uh, So we look forward to talking to her. Uh, All that and more. This is number 43. Uh, Folks, I've been to all 43 
uh, <laughs> and I'm still standing. Uh, we went from one winery to 175. We have 101 this year. We'll be back up to that next year uh, when South America is the theme and, the, and everything gets revved back up to full speed. For now, this is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Anthony Gismondi, and after a short break, we'll be back with the world of wine. There's more to come. This is BC Food and Wine Radio with Anthony Gismondi. BC VQA Wine, a reflection of our land and the exceptional folks that craft every bottle. Save on Foods is proud to offer the world's largest selection of BC VQA wines all in one place, plus an extensive collection of BC's most popular ciders. And with their everyday customer discount program, you'll get 10% off any four bottles or select 12 bottles and save an additional $12. Wines of British Columbia at Save on Foods. Find your nearest store at saveonfoods.com. Discover the good life right in your own backyard. Destination? The Watermark Beach Resort in beautiful Asuyus. Featuring spectacular views of Asuyus Lake, walking distance to shops, plus dining at the Watermark's very own 15 Park Bistro. And make sure to book your spring and summer travel now to avoid disappointment at the South Okanagan Resort that defines easy living. Visit watermarkbeachresort.com for full details and keep up to date on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Take a break from the hustle and bustle of the big city and relax in the beautiful and peaceful South Okanagan. Enjoy fantastic wine and culinary offerings throughout the region, including 180 of BC's finest wineries, from Summerland's Bottleneck Drive to the Naramata Bench to Okanagan Falls and Skaha Lake's Heart of Wine Country, down to Oliver Osuyas Wine Country. Before you go, look for community information, wine regions, and more trip inspiration at visitsouthokanagan.com. The most exciting club in the Okanagan is Summerhills Organic Wine Club. When you become a member, you'll receive 24 bottles per year of sommelier-curated organic wines. Enjoy preferred pricing and free delivery. Plus, members earn double gratitude points, which gives 20% of each order back in your pocket. Get insider information on Summerhill's new releases and special events. Enjoy the flavors of Summerhill. Join the Organic Wine Club at summerhill.bc.ca. From our Save on Foods Wines of British Columbia studios, it's BC Food and Wine Radio. Now, back to the Vancouver International Wine Festival. Here's Anthony Gismondi. Hello, British Columbia. We're back and we're on location from the 43rd Annual Vancouver International Wine Festival. Our guest to kick off today's show is Christine Coletta. She's the founder of Okanagan Crush Pad and one of the brightest women in the wine business. Chris, welcome back. Oh, my goodness. I oh, my that. goodness. Yeah, you got that to carry around, too. I do. Thank you for having yeah. me. Great to have you here. Uh, is it nice to be back in town and it's with, fabulous. with people in the room? And completely fabulous. As yeah. you know, I don't live here anymore. No, I'm you in don't. Summerland full time. Yeah. And uh, it's great to be back with my people. <laughs> Your people. Well, they're all your people. They're all your customers, I think. I think they were all youngins when I first came to this festival many, many well, years that's ago. that's true. We were, too. Yeah. Uh, well, let's start with Okanagan Crush Pad. I always like to sort of lay it out a bit because it's a big name lot going on there. How would you describe your business to people who maybe have never heard of it? Well, we are a facility in Summerland that makes several, several different portfolios. Yep. We started out life as a custom crush facility, 
and we have now are occupying the entire house, as I like to say. Okay. We've grown into our own production, which is around 30,000 cases a year. Wow. And, and actually, you're, you're uh, growing your facility as well at the moment. Yes. When we originally built uh, Okanagan Crush Pad, we had 20,000 cases in mind. Yeah. And obviously, we have a lot of off-site storage. So right now, what we're doing is building about 8,000 square feet behind the winery, which will be a sparkling wine aging cellar, uh, mm-hmm. and then a brand new tasting remote front. Nice. And, you know, you have a beautiful organic vineyard beside the winery, switchback, uh, and then you have Garnet Valley up above. Are you pl- planting more vines uh, further up in Summerland, in the valleys, as we say? We are. We're planting another 10 acres uh, at Garnet Valley, Chardonnay, and then we're also planting our home property where we live with Gamma and Pinot Noir. Wow. Okay. Uh you're highly committed to organic farming now. What One, happened? How did that happen? Well, I do credit uh, Alberto Anzanini for planting that uh, seed yeah. and really helping us find the way forward in terms of uh, uh, adopting an organic program. Mm-hmm. When we first started, we really didn't have uh, the expertise in the valley to help us. And uh, he, along with Pedro Parra, really held it, helped us set the standard for what we were achieving, trying to achieve. And was it easier than you thought or harder than you thought to go organic and to, to get there? To begin with, it's much harder. And what we like to say is that if you've spent your entire life uh, eating fast food and then all of a sudden you go vegan and you really clean up your diet, you're yeah. going to lose weight. Yeah. And you might be lacking in energy a little bit to begin with, but then really you rebound as a person and you become much healthier. And the vines respond in the same way. So the first two years are a little challenging. Yep. Your yields go down. But then after that, the vines are much healthier and they really sort of establish their own program and require less maintenance. Hmm. It's a, it, you know, just from sitting, from watching from afar, it looks like quite a beautiful journey. I mean, getting to that end point. Well, there's never an end point, but at least to the to the level of organic and uh, uh, all the things that we see, biodynamic, sustainable, regenerative farming, like it's really taken off in the valley. Yes, and I think... people are buying into it. They are, and I think the other thing for us is biodiversity because we're very aware that yeah. uh, vineyards are a monocrop of large uh, proportions that mm-hmm. are taking over the valley, right. re- replacing tree fruits, which is food. Yep. And so, but also the diversity of tree fruits growing. and Yes. So we're, we're really aware of uh, creating biodiversity on our property. We have uh, eight acres of organic vegetables. We now have a lavender farm, and we're going to be planting other crops in the future. And you, and you planted islands, basically, not square vineyards up in, in uh, the valley. How's that worked out? Like, why did you leave that kind of space uh, between vineyards? For two reasons. First of all, we didn't want to move the earth and create, uh, you know, false plateaus, if you would. Yeah. And we also wanted to leave uh, corridors for wildlife. Yeah. And they're back. They are back. Yes. <laughs> because because you have you have dogs that uh, also deal with that. We do. We we have two Great Pyrenees, and we have another puppy coming in two weeks. Yeah. And those dogs patrol the property, and they keep coyotes and bears away. Yeah. And protect the sheep. 
and protect that. So they protect everything on the property. Yeah, including you. Including me. Which is kind of nice. Yes. Uh, well, before we, I don't want to run out of time. Let's talk about uh, the wine that you brought. So this is another, like, people may not know all the brands. There's Haywire. There's Freeform. There's and Narrative. There's Narrative. And, and we also have Bizu and Yukon, which is named for the two great For the two dogs. Yes. So today you brought Freeform. This is yes. a Van Gris. This is a Van Gris. What which is a Van Gris? That sounds it's very gray French. Wine. It's gray wine. And so it's a 100% Pinot Noir. Yeah. So it's a white Pinot Noir, if you would. Okay. In this particular case, it uh, was uh, made in concrete tanks with native yeast, um, lots of lees stirring extended resting time in the tanks before we bottle it and matt likes to our winemaker matt dumain mm-hmm. likes to rack the, the wine um several times prior to bottling it okay and, and it's it is kind of free form the it whole is. idea is, is the whole idea form. with this brand is low intervention yeah. and allowing the wine with with a tiny amount of help um find its rightful way uh the the labels are made of stone yeah. as well. Wow. So no paper, no They're trees. They're recyclable, yeah. And, yeah, it's just a beautiful wine. You, you have long winters up there, I think. You do a lot of thinking in the wintertime about... I've had a lot of time to think with COVID here and being on my own property. Yeah. Spent a lot of time walking it and really sort of pondering and considering its future. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, well, delicious wine. And this is the 20... 20- 2019. 2019, pardon mm-hmm. me. Wow. Yes, we also like to keep our wines in bottle for a year at least before we, we release it. Before we release it. So you'll find that usually we're a vintage behind. Mm. Others who, in my opinion, rush out with uh, especially whites in the Okanagan. I think they're fabulous if you give them a little time in bottle. And I hope as an industry we'll be able to get to that point. Good for you. Uh, you've been around quite a long time. You've done a lot of things in the valley. Uh, you used to, uh, you were a strong proponent of exports way back when. Yes. And now you're back at the front face again. You've just come back from London. What's it like to sell, to take Canadian wine to London today? Oh, it's, it's hard work, um, because we're putting our wines up against, um, everything from around the world. And there's always new regions being, discovered yeah. there's new darlings including england yes and uh, but it, but i think it's a reality check for all of us if we don't go out into those markets and see what's happening happening globally mm-hmm. how are we ever going to improve what we're doing here yeah which is a lot like being in this room alongside uh, the rest of the world i think that's it's so nice to see some international wineries here today too because it just it sets, you know, it makes the level more interesting for everybody. Yeah, there's three view. three wineries from Croatia here. I'm so excited. I yeah. haven't been over there yet. Yeah. Um, but I'm I'm going to go you immediately. Will. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you also have are getting involved in something that I think is really cool, the IWCA, which is the international International Wine. Wineries for Climate Cli- Action. For Climate Action, okay. Yes. So this is a, um, a group that was founded by the Torres family and the Jackson family. Yeah. They now have just over 30 members globally, mm-hmm. and we are their first Canadian winery to I jump. was whining to Miguel Torres about why there were no Canadians in this, but uh, you've jumped in. We did, yes. Yeah. Yeah, we did, and we feel it's really important. Um Joining and becoming becoming a member and filling out the paperwork is the easy part. 
we now have to go through an audit and set a benchmark yep. and then work over the next year to reduce our carbon footprint. Yeah. So you're shooting, uh, you have to meet 33% uh, reduction by 2030 and net zero by 2050. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. You've got something up your sleeve, though, that I think is really cool. Ooh, about, been... <laughs> yeah, well, it's about, it's about where you sell your wine. Well, yes, I think that should be a great benefit because about 95% of our wines are sold within 400 kilometers of where, of where they're produced. And not very many producers can say that. And yeah. that's what, that's something that I think our industry has with Vancouver being such a robust, robust market, market yeah. for all of us. It's an advantage that we have. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that we're working on right now is uh, we have found a lightweight pressurized glass that we can hopefully put our sparkling wine in. And so that would wow. reduce uh, the, the weight of the sparkling wine glass by uh, a third. Wow, and still stay intact because it's under yes. big pressure. We'll, we'll find out. We're bottling yeah, yeah. 40 cases as a trial. But if we can do that and we can convert 3,000 cases of heavy champagne glass to lightweight, pressure-capable yeah, pressure wine, that is big. Wow. Yes. Christine Cletta, you are quite amazing. Uh, thanks for bringing this wine along. Now, Freeform 2019 Vangri, where, we can, where can we get it? Definitely What's the best way? At the winery? At the winery, but yeah. we are closed this summer for renovations, so Correct. head to our website, okanagancrushpad.com. We have okay. a, a store. You can find it there. And the wine is in lots of different fine uh, wine retailers around Vancouver and in many restaurants. You can go to Nightingale's, and you'll find it there on the wine list. All right. Yeah. Thanks so much. Thank you for having Have me. Have fun this week. I will. Yeah. Don't fall asleep out there. <laughs> you won't. I will not. You get up at like at 4 in the morning anyway. So I do. Yeah. I might leave it promptly at 10. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Christine Coletta. She's the founder of Okanagan Crush Pad. Still to come, Evan Saunders, winemaker, and Tanya Martin, general manager of Blasted Church Winery, up next on the BC Food & Wine Radio Network. Our show is available weekly on 20 radio stations across British Columbia, and it's on demand on all the major podcast platforms. This is BC Food & Wine Radio, and I'm Anthony Gismondi. There's lots more still ahead. This is the BC Food & Wine Radio Network. Lively, delicious, and totally alcohol-free. Introducing Piquette Zero from Benjamin Bridge, a creative and unprecedented wine-style beverage. Discover the unique deliciousness of this new sensory experience. Golden sapphire in color with a blonde hue. The nose features zesty suggestions of key lime, blood orange peel, and lemon preserve with a balancing texture of tart cherries. And best of all, Piquette Zero is absolutely alcohol-free. For details, visit softcrush.ca. The legend lives on. Three Finger Jack roamed the rugged, lawless gold country wilderness along the east ridge of Lodi in Old California, searching relentlessly for riches. The gold may be gone, but this wine, grown in the land where Jack rode, pays tribute to his outlaw nature, a bold Cabernet Sauvignon, truly worthy of that legendary name, Three Finger Jack, outlaw by nature. Discover the legend at a BC liquor store near you or visit threefingerjack.com. Penticton, the hub of the South Okanagan, a place where you can take your time to enjoy our beautiful weather and perfect patio season. Visit almost 100 area wineries, cideries and distilleries, eight craft breweries and world-class locally sourced restaurants too. It's the perfect destination for a relaxing getaway. 
But before you go, make sure to check the website for information on wine tours, tasting room and restaurant hours, or for more trip inspiration. Go to visitpenticton.com. Clos de Soleil Winery knows that the best wines keep it simple. It's all about the grapes and the place where they are grown. Minimal handling, minimal intervention, maximum beauty in the bottle. Nestled in a sunny, stony corner of BC's Similkameen Valley, Clos de Soleil produces wines that blend the best of Bordeaux varieties with their unique terroir. The result? Wines that are elegant and effortlessly special. Tastings by appointment or buy online at closdesoleil.ca. Free shipping to BC and Alberta on orders of six or more bottles. From the Save-On Foods Wines of British Columbia studios, it's BC Food and Wine Radio, on location at the Vancouver International Wine Festival. Now, here's Anthony Gismondi. We'll be together we'll be together. Hello, British Columbia, from our uh, on location. We're on the floor of the 43rd Vancouver International Wine Festival inside the... Uh, Massive tasting room. There's over 101 wineries here, 60 from B.C. and one in front of us right now uh, that we haven't talked to before. Evan Saunders is the winemaker. Tanya Martin is the general manager of Blasted Church uh, on the Skaha bench. Welcome to the show. Thanks. Great to have you here. Are you having fun back in the city with wine? I'm asking everybody that question, but they seem to be having fun. I'm loving it. Yeah. it's it, The interaction is good. Eh? Like It's good for everybody. Yes sort of inspiring yes you you get out of the cellar too so that's kind of nice it's a nice perk it's uh, you just got to make sure you don't have too much fun yeah <laughs> <laughs> well uh evan you cleaned up at the national wine awards last year and uh, blew a lot of people away where you had to be happy with that result it was it was a lot of fun that was uh yeah incredibly exciting yeah um, nice to see the been putting in the work for a lot of years so to to start seeing things kind of the ball start rolling and yeah. turning that corner is pretty rewarding fantastic well i mean i had the chance to watch it through the whole week and it's just quite amazing how you kept bowling over the judges and you know everybody tastes blind it's a really tough uh it's a tough slog you know it's kind of like the stanley cup playoffs <laughs> it's a long slog to get to the end uh but that's that's it's so fantastic what, what, let's start with where you are. You're on the Skaha bench. Where is that? Let's tell people where that is. They may not even know. Yes, yeah, so we're south of Penticton, but north of Okanagan Falls. So yeah. just on the east side of Skaha Lake. I uh, just kind of perched up, you know, a few hundred meters above uh, above lake level there. So sort yeah. of um, Pentage, Painted Rock, and then on down through Blasted Church. Right. So you get you have a afternoon sun, a lot of afternoon sun on that side of the bench. So you can actually ripen uh, the big reds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it's good. And what would you tell people about Blasted Church? What, what what would be the ethos of Blasted Church if they were looking at the wines and what's coming out of there? I think for the for the most part, we're, we're putting in the same kind of work in the vineyards we've been putting in in the cellar. So we're trying to do a lot of you know classic, um, typical varietal wines. Certainly playing playing to vintage, uh, not doing a whole lot of work in the cellar. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of letting the the vineyard shine as much as we can, and now. Um, Kind of increasing our bottlings even more, so much to much to Tanya's dismay. So trying to showcase the Skaha bench separately from uh, from some of our other other vineyards. So it's just kind of classic, varietally true, vineyard specific and vintage specific wines. And if we talked about the wines themselves, like is it a Bordeaux house? Is it a Rhone house? Is it a? I mean, it's an Okanagan house. But what what are you? What do you feel like is your strength there? 
think uh, kind of playing back to my my early days at Asoyes the Rose, so Bordeaux, the Bordeaux Reds have always been, yeah. you know, what I cut my teeth at. So what I've, I'll always, you know, go back to Merlot, Cab Sauve, certainly uh, a, a sweet spot for me. I feel, I feel, I feel most comfortable, most at home in a in a Merlot or a Cab right. Sauve block. Tanya, you have a lot of labels. Yes. So People either love them or leave them. I don't know what it's about. Uh, tell us about the labels and the. It's they're very unique. Right. So we're in our third generation of, yep. of different styles of labels, and um, each of the labels depicts a location in the Greater Vancouver area, mm-hmm. with a Renaissance figure photoshopped in. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, well, we like that. Yeah. So this Merlot that we're looking at right now is the Alley-Oop um, label. So here in East Vancouver, I think. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, this is fun. But Evan made a, a joke earlier um, about the we, we are introducing a lot more SKUs uh, with the Small Blessing series. So SKUs like the, the Sparkling or right. FG. Yeah. And you get big feedback on the labels from people? Yes. Yeah, um, yeah you love them or you hate them, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. Don't tear, change them, though, is probably what mostly you get. Exactly, yeah. 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 It's, it's mostly positive feedback. We, yeah, people love, they were very easily recognizable on the shelf. Um, yeah. and, and can you quickly tell the story of the Blasted Church, which is kind of cool. I mean, it was named after that. Yeah, absolutely. So we celebrate the history of Okanagan Falls. Um, where there was no church, and they decided to move a church uh, up from the town of Fairview, which is yeah. around about Oliver. Sure. Um, couldn't couldn't take the church apart without damaging the wood, so they hung some dynamite from the rafters, did a controlled blast, um, and it worked. <laughs> <laughs> Picked up the pieces and moved them up the road. Right? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that's exactly what they did. The steeple was destroyed, so they rebuilt the steeple when they rebuilt the church. Right. Um, and it still operates uh, with ser- service every Sunday. Okay, well, let's start with this wine. We don't want to run out of time. OMFG. My kids love that. Uh, it's a sparkling wine. What can you tell us about this wine? 2015, too, which is kind of nice. Yeah, so this was just actually disgorged kind of in time for a, a Valentine's Day release, so a, a pretty limited run. We hold back uh, about 500 bottles from the whatever the current offering is for a couple extra years on lease. So this was on lease for six years. 100% estate fruit, Pinot Noir dominant, Chardonnay making up the balance. Um, all hand-riddled, hand-disgorged, labor Delicious. of love. It's, yes. Yeah, what, I mean, you say it's on lease for extra time, but what does that mean for the average consumer? So what, what are you doing there? So just leaving it untouched in the bin on its side, so you just get that kind of increase, you know, that yeast profile, you get a yeah. little bit more of the, the oxidation. Does it, it sort of feeds the wine while it's in the bottle? Yep, and this, yeah, sort of softens everything out. The acid sort of yep. comes in to check a little bit more. It's, uh, it, it is a noticeable difference from the, the three-year version at OM, OMG to the, the six-year at OMFG. They are two very, very yeah. distinct wines. It's pretty impressive, though, because the acidity is great, but you still have the fruit. Like there's a there's quite a bit of uh, darker fruit there mm-hmm. showing in the glass, which is sometimes you don't get that kind of fruit in a sparkling wine. But with the acidity, it's an, it's really nicely balanced. Yeah, it was uh, so our upper block of Pinot Noir. So it's a really it's a ripe spot. It's clone seven 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 Pinot Noir. So it is a really yeah a rich, intense a rich one yeah. intense clone. So the yeah that red fruit comes through, but the the balancing acidity it, yeah, it's a beautiful wine fantastic and and uh tanya what are the best ways to get your wine for people where will they find blasted church what are all the different options so uh, always online everything's yep. always available online or in the wine shop um other than that we are pretty 
everywhere in, in all the retail, the local retail stores. In the private wine shops? Private and, wine shops. Yeah. We do have a couple of products in the in the government the BCLDB, stores, yeah. But just only two. Yeah. So, yeah, mm-hmm. the private wine shops are your best bet. That's the best bet. Lots going on at the winery. Yes. Tell us about that now. Uh, you have a couple of, uh, you took the you took the best restaurant out of Penticton and brought them <laughs> over to your place. Oh, we scored. We, we, yeah, we got yeah. really lucky with uh, Lisa Baxter Burke and John Burke coming on, yeah. on board with us. And they're going to bring um, a whole new experience to, to the, to, to the so visitor. So what will people be able to do at Blasted Church this summer then? What, what, are, they, what are you going to offer them? Well, um, uh, sh- home, homemade. <laughs> or, <Yeah. laughs> that's not the right word, but... John's going to curate some uh, special charcuterie. Uh, yep. We're going to have finger foods, finger bites, um, down casually down by the nice. pool. And then a more elevated experience at the house uh, with um, bespoke food and wine. Um, John's going to make special special food to pair with the wines. Evan and John Bailey, our vineyard manager, are going to pop in and out and talk to the people wow. directly. Yeah. And uh, people will need a reservation to do that or to, yes, to have that experience? Yeah. yeah. And that won't start until the summer months. Yeah. Which uh, is not far away. No. <laughs> <laughs> Got tired of the John and Lisa taking all of my money at Front Street, so now we can actually. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. I, I know exactly what you mean. And standing in line and trying to get a seat, and uh, so yeah. now you're at the front of the line. That's it. It's uh, just walk upstairs for a charcuterie box. is uh, It's pretty tough to beat. Yeah. Uh, okay, you brought a Merlot uh, along. Uh, tell us about the Merlot. Why? Why did you bring this wine? So for me, it's uh, often an unpopular uh, viewpoint, but I think Merlot is. Uh, is just a, a, a great example of, of Okanagan. Um, does so well on our side on the Skaha bench. We have some old vines. Um, just ripened beautifully the 2018. So it's Merlot's always a wine that I, I for us yeah. as, a, as a winery, I think it's a, a great hallmark of what we do. It's been a, a solid wine in the portfolio for so many years. And now we're, with the increased focus on our own estate vineyards, kind of continuing to drive it forward that it is going forward always going to be yeah, a Skaha bench wine. That whole sort of Naramata, Penticton, Skaha is a really sort of nice zone for mm-hmm. Merlot, I think. Uh, it's probably underappreciated, actually, by people who often, you know, Merlot is passed over. You know, it's not as sexy as Cab Franc or Cab So, but uh, it can be even a better wine uh, in, in British Columbia. Vintage Lots and going vintage on. out. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. consistent. You know, you're, you're ripening that extra week early before Cab Franc, the extra two weeks early before Cab So. Mm-hmm. On our soils on the Skaha bench, we can get that great hang time while still kind of having that elegance and that balance with that fruit, the savory, the tannin in check. Well, sensational wines. Thank you. Uh, I know we're probably going to see you at the National Wine Awards next month in terms of uh, the wines will be in the tastings. I'm not supposed to say that, actually. But, <laughs> uh, but thanks so much for dropping by and saying hello to us today. And uh, enjoy your week in Vancouver. Will you get out to restaurants and have some fun? Already have. Already have. <laughs> <laughs> you drove through the snow to get here, too. <laughs> thanks so much. Thanks, Tony. Thank you. It was great. Uh, Evan Saunders is the winemaker. Tanya Martin is the general manager at Blasted Church Winery on the Skaha Bench. Uh, plenty more to come on the show. Bradley Cooper, winemaker, general manager of One Faith Vineyards, is up next on the BC Food and Wine Radio Network, which is available weekly on 20 radio stations across British Columbia and on demand on all the major podcast platforms, including Spotify, Apple, and Google. We'll be right back. I'm Anthony Gismani. Don't go away.
There's more to come. This is BC Food and Wine Radio with Anthony Gismondi. Sun, water, soil. Organically farmed and made in collaboration with Mother Nature. Liber Farms terroir-focused small lot wines capture the essence of the Okanagan and Similkameen Valleys. Join the wine club and receive delivery of award-winning wines and new releases in spring and fall, plus early access to library wines, complimentary tastings, and more. Visit them this spring to taste in their spacious covered wine garden in Asuyas. Discover more at liberfarm.com. Simply great wines. Summer in the Okanagan. Great food, fine wine, fabulous views. You can have it all at Mount Boucherie Estate Winery and the Modest Butcher Restaurant in West Kelowna. Enjoy the stunning vistas while wine tasting outside on the patio. Or step inside the Modest Butcher for some delicious new summer dishes from the menu. Online tasting bookings and table reservations are recommended due to limited seating. Just go to mtboucherie and modestbutcher.com. Penticton, the hub of the South Okanagan, a place where you can take your time to enjoy our beautiful weather and perfect patio season. Visit almost 100 area wineries, cideries and distilleries, eight craft breweries and world-class locally sourced restaurants too. It's the perfect destination for a relaxing getaway. But before you go, make sure to check the website for information on wine tours, tasting room and restaurant hours, or for more trip inspiration. Go to visitpenticton.com. The legend lives on. Three Finger Jack roamed the rugged, lawless gold country wilderness along the east ridge of Lodi in Old California, searching relentlessly for riches. The gold may be gone, but this wine, grown in the land where Jack rode, pays tribute to his outlaw nature. A bold Cabernet Sauvignon, truly worthy of that legendary name. Three Finger Jack, outlaw by nature. Discover the legend at a BC liquor store near you or visit threefingerjack.com. From our Save on Foods Wines of British Columbia studios, it's BC Food and Wine Radio. Now, back to the Vancouver International Wine Festival. Here's Anthony Gismondi. Hello, BC, from the floor of the 43rd Vancouver International Wine Festival. And shout out to listeners on BNN Bloomberg 1410 in Vancouver and all other 19 cities across the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Joining us now is uh, someone new to the show, Bradley Cooper. I'm pretty sure we haven't talked before on the show. Winemaker, general manager at One Faith Vineyards. Uh, welcome to the show. Are you a Bradley or a Brad? I'm a Bradley. Good. I love it. Thank you. Uh, great to have you. Yeah, I'm really- happy to be here it's great yeah well let's start with one faith we always ask you to tell people who you are where you are what is the deal with one faith well one faith uh is a winery developed uh, originally by owner bill louis and his concept was he wanted to show that the okanagan could make wines that emulated the uh, grand wines of Bordeaux, Bordeaux, the big chateau, yeah. and uh, I think he's coming very close to that uh, on a regular basis uh, yeah. with the help of the past uh, consulting winemakers that have been involved, and I hope to carry that on myself. Yeah. So I they, remember yeah. meeting him with Harry, like he bought some fruit down in, uh, well, in Asoyos, I don't know where, where or uh, yeah, Oliver, pardon me. Mm-hmm. Where do you get your fruit today, or how do you? We have a property that's been growing grapes since uh, 10. 
Okay. Since 2010, uh, involved uh, originally was Richard Cleave, and now his son Robert Cleave uh, right. looks after the vineyard is for us. Yeah. And uh, it's planted to all Bordeaux varieties, and it supplies pretty well all we need uh, to produce both whites and reds. Hmm. We don't do a whole lot, and occasionally we will do a little bit of horse trading for another variety within the Bordeaux envelope, so to speak. Right. Just to get that right uh, tweak or season yeah. to what we're doing. Our guest is Bradley Cooper. He's the winemaker and general manager at One Faith Vineyard. So, Bradley, if you're uh, your Bordeaux blend, what what is your sort of priority in the varieties, and what what do you like in your in the blend today at One Faith? What, what, what? We grow Merlot and Cabernet Franc primarily, like, like as the lead. As the lead, we've got a little bit of Mourvedre that we may or not uh, involve in the wine, depending on the season. Yeah. Um, but uh, what we're trying to do uh, there is um, emulate right bank wines for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. So a, a sort of broader, richer style as opposed to the Cabernet Sauvignon. Right. But if yeah. you do taste the uh, 2015 that we do have featured today yeah. at the festival, there is Cabernet Sauvignon in there. Yeah. And that was part of those. But that was trends. a big year. Right? That was a year that ripened a lot of things. Yeah, I like to call part. it a runaway train. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. If you're in the right spot at the right time, and yeah, <laughs> you can you can get what you want. Otherwise, it was well past. Well, you know the 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 long history of BC wine. When when a lot of those red wines were green, didn't ripen, whatever. That's kind of all gone by the wayside now. Uh, now we have fairly interesting. Uh, I guess we can say Bordeaux, but I like to just say Okanagan style wines. Yeah, now. absolutely. Uh, you get them right, but you have this beautiful acidity too. That that I think. What do you think about you? You have quite a bit of reserve wine, I believe. So, like, I think it ages really well. Yeah, we had a chance to dip into our, our library of Grand Vins once in a while and uh, just see how they're doing. And, you know, um, beginning in 2012 when they were first released, I can't think of any of the vintages. And a lot of it is thanks to the winemaking. Yeah. But any of the vintages that I would put, uh, would suggest are impaired in any way. They're all developing in their own way. And they right. Have, great attributes all the way through yeah you know uh the seasons have been changing certainly everybody likes to talk about climate change and such mm-hmm. um but we also have um 20 30 more years of people working with these grapes and working with the terroir and not trying to force other agendas on the fruit and i yeah. think that's what really has been uh, a saving grace going forward in years where we may not uh, have the kind of ripeness we got in 2015 mm-hmm uh, well, uh, I, I just think it's uh, the development of red wines in the South Okinawa has been amazing. Of course, uh, you know, when Harry first went there, I thought he was crazy. Uh, and, but he was right. Uh, I mean, he had a premonition about it. I, I think it, you know, it, it took the right amount of time to get there. But I'm really impressed with, with a lot of red wines out of the South now. And I think people are moving. Like, I'm a fan of the Merlot sort of Cabernet Flanc front blend i think it's the best thing we do at the moment but who knows i mean it could change right yeah yeah uh for a long time you didn't have a winery and i mean (laughs) now you have a place let's talk about that yeah where where is one faith we can tell people where it is that's right well one faith didn't have a public face so to speak yeah and now we do we're in the district wine village in north oliver yeah and uh we and 12 other wineries are all in a Nice architecturally circle. designed circle. We yeah. also have a distillery and a brewery and a little restaurant in there yeah. as well, the Trading Post. And uh, they, uh, we all work in perfect harmony <laughs> together. And we have to sometimes because uh, we have a processing facility there and we share the equipment. Yeah. So uh, 
you just can't press your grapes anytime you want. You yeah, have to you make sure you're organized. on the schedule and uh, yeah, and dot your eyes. It's a pretty cool development, though. I, yeah. I, I mean, I've been all around the world, and I've never seen anything quite like that. I really like what's going on. And uh, you like recently, there was just a big concert there in the middle of the property. And yeah, there's a bunch of concerts on the schedule. I mean, anybody who wants to figure it out could just go on online these days and sign yeah. up for the newsletter, and they'll get a constant notice about uh, you know you find something that picks your holidays next time you're up on the okanagan and uh, maybe see 5440 or yeah uh, kim Love mitchell's it. in august yeah stuff like that uh you can't buy just one wine what other wines will you make or are you making at one faith and what can people taste if they if they go to the village well if they come to the village you're gonna uh be treated to our 2021 whites and rosés we do a sparkling rosé and a our regular Merlot-based rosé. Right. I also got uh, Sauvignon Blanc, and we do one called Blanc, which is our white homage to Bordeaux. Really? Oh. And it is primarily Semillon in this case. Okay. With Fantastic. about 25% Sauvignon Blanc. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, well, we also well, make Certitude Red. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Uh, where does that Semillon come from? Also from the property. From the property. Yep. All okay. from from the same 10, 11 acres of growing down there on Black Sage Road. Wow. I think you got uh, you got it going pretty well down there. Yeah, it's, it's a great experience for us, that's for sure, having having a front door where people can come in and meet us yeah. for the first time. You've been around for a while. You've made wine in many parts of the valley. Mm-hmm. Uh, are, you, are, are you, do you sort of believe in what's happening now? Or, I mean, I think you already, you always believed in it, but it's, it's, it's pretty stunning what's going on. Uh, yeah, I mean, the range and scope of the industry yeah. just continues to expand, and uh, we're seeing all sorts of uh, great things happening. Of course, with the size of the industry it's getting and the critical mass that we have, <laughs> we used to be able to know everybody, but yeah. it's almost impossible That's to keep hard up now. now. Yeah, but it's kind of nice to have, like, Lake Country wines and Milkamine wine, Okanagan Falls yeah. wine. I think... I think that we've done a we they've done a great job of, of uh, you know finding their feet in these areas and uh, yeah. the next twenty years are going to be pretty exciting. Yeah, we're going to see more definition of regional styles for certain, and, and uh, when we get through uh, the next couple decades, um, you'll have people instead of going to the Okanagan, they're going to go to one of their favorite areas uh, mm-hmm. specifically. So one faith. Uh, what is the release schedule like? Twenty fifteen. People would say, "Well, that's pretty old." But that is that pretty standard, or has it changed now? Or will well, uh, when will the sixteen be out? That sort of thing. Uh, we generally hold them for a minimum of three years, and two two of those years are going to be in barrel for the Grand Vin. Right. Mm-hmm. And then we'll keep it another year of uh, bottle conditioning, and at the very earliest, it'll be out after three. But we much prefer that uh, people don't touch the Grand Vin for. At least it's fifth birthday, if not a bit longer. Yeah. yeah. That's 2015 now hitting seven years this fall. Yeah. It's Could still be just right. eh, still pretty adolescent as yeah. far as I think. But, yeah. you know, just like a lot of adolescents, they turn out pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you have a favorite? Like 13, 15, 16? Um, I got a special soft spot for the 13 because Bill gifted that to me when I first <laughs> met him. <laughs> and I thought, That's a good reason. And when I opened it up, I went, holy cow, yeah, I want to give me part of that. That's, yeah. that's something else. Sounds like you're having fun down there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. 
Listen, thanks for coming by, and uh, good luck at the booth. Uh, I'm sure it'll be busy all week. Uh, and One Faith uh, Wines, folks, now you can uh, actually go, and uh, you can meet Bradley. You can taste some wine. Do you actually, uh, will they find you around the, the joint? Or? Yeah, it's such a giant operation. Yeah. <laughs> We're all designed you're, to do about 2,000 You're 2, either three cases. feet in the back or three feet in the front. I'll be washing windows, shoveling snow, and sometimes pouring wine. <laughs> <laughs> do Love a little it. bit of everything. Bradley Cooper, he's the winemaker and general manager for One Faith Vineyards, and they're located uh, in uh, District Wine Village in in, uh, Oliver in the South Okanagan Valley. Up next, Michael Kuhlman. He's the COO and winemaker of Asoyas La Rose. This is BC Food and Wine Radio, and I'm Anthony Gismondi. There's lots more still ahead. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Refreshing, relaxing, romantic. Get away to Therapy Vineyards and stay at their modern, comfortable, and spacious boutique inn. Experience your moment of awe from the balcony of your room while taking in the panoramic views of the vineyards and Okanagan Lake. Capture the essence of the grape-growing season while luxuriating at your home base for wine tours. Oh, and did we mention award-winning wines? Book your relaxing retreat or perfect couples getaway today at therapyvineyards.com. Your wine collection is your pride and joy. Years of searching and selecting has merited you an enviable list, but it's time to find a new home for some or all of your wine. As the only auction in Canada dedicated to fine wines and spirits, Iron Gate Auctions offers collectors a safe, inexpensive way to liquidate their collections online. They are experts in the field with the knowledge and acumen to maximize the return on your assets. To find out more, visit irongateauctions.com. Today's real estate landscape is fast-paced and complex. Now more than ever, whether you're a buyer or a seller, it's vital to work with a professional real estate company like Remax. Lean into their experience, local market knowledge, and connections. They are your market experts and are excited to help you make your dreams a reality. The right agents for today's market are at Remax, with offices in Summerland, Penticton, and Asuyus. Call or visit them at YourSouthOkanaganHome.com. The legend lives on. Three Finger Jack roamed the rugged, lawless gold country wilderness along the east ridge of Lodi in Old California, searching relentlessly for riches. The gold may be gone, but this wine, grown in the land where Jack rode, pays tribute to his outlaw nature, a bold Cabernet Sauvignon, truly worthy of that legendary name, Three Finger Jack, outlaw by nature. Discover the legend at a BC liquor store near you or visit threefingerjack.com. From the Save on Foods Wines of British Columbia Studios, it's BC Food and Wine Radio, on location at the Vancouver International Wine Festival. Now, here's Anthony Gismondi. Hello, BC. It's a pleasure to be back at the Vancouver International Wine Festival. It's year 43. A special shout-out to B&M Bloomberg, 1410 Vancouver, and all the other 19 cities across the province. And uh, welcome to all of you to the BC Food & Wine Radio Network. Our guest is Michael Kuhlman. He's the COO and the winemaker at Asoyas La Rose uh, at a beautiful little spot in the South Okanagan. Uh, Michael, welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me on. Great to have you here. You escaped the vineyard. I have, I have, but it's a, it's a hectic time, May. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you should be there, but you're not there. Yeah, you know, I, I should be there, but uh, I'm very happy to be here. Yeah, 
few days in Vancouver. It's always fun. No, it's beautiful weather. It's and absolutely have, glorious. Have been talking to some interesting people in the room? Or? Yeah, it's been great to meet uh, people from the trade, uh, yeah. other winemakers. Great social network. And they know your wine well because it's been around so long. It has so, so well established. It has, and it was it was it was great to see uh, a lot of a lot of customers come by and uh, and say, you know, I, I have ten vintages. Yeah. Going back to 2001. Yeah. Uh, Which is kind of what you're, we're going to do today because yeah. you brought two old wines. That they're really old by sort of consumer standards yeah. and sort of medium old by collector standards. Yeah. But, so we have a 2009 and 2013. Yeah. Why should we age wine? I think wine develops a lot in bottle. So obviously, you know, in, in France, they call aging a barrel l'élevage, which means rearing bringing yeah. bringing the wine raising up raising up the wine and yeah. i think i think that continues in the bottle um obviously there are some wines that are made to be drunk young yeah. and our first our second wine i would call it pital is one of those wines where we like it to be we make it so that it's yeah, ready it's for accessible it's accessible whereas our, our grand um is a wine that we want we always tell people to sell it down and put aside uh, and give it time mm-hmm. um but at a rose that's what we're all about we're, yep. we're trying to make these wines that, that will develop over time, and every six months, year that you taste it, it will show differently. Um, yeah, well, in this case, and, and when you say it will develop in the bottle, if I, I would like to remind people to look at the bottle. There's a cork in the bottle, and there's a space of air in the bottle, and then there's the bottle, yeah. or then there's the wine. So there's something going on inside that bottle, like yeah. it's aerobic... Uh, basically aging and the oxygen yeah. is being fed back into the wine whatever's left there and it's oxidizing a little bit exactly. well not oxidizing but you know it's, it's developing yeah. and uh, yeah and even within sort of the wine chemistry of itself there's mm-hmm. a lot going on um, and I think it's a bit of a mystery yeah um, Michael Coleman's the winemaker to Soyuz La Rose and every vintage is different too exactly. so they don't develop the same in the bottle. There's no recipe. And this is what I, this is what I, I always tell people: is they always say, "Oh, I'm going to sell each vintage for 15 years." And I yeah. say, no. "Well, take your time." And we're not trying to make the same le, le grand vin every year. Yeah. We have one vineyard. It's 80 acres. It's absolutely stunning. And what we're trying to show is the vintage variation. We're not trying to make this, this the same le grand vin every year. No. And we want to show people that each vintage is going to be slightly different, yeah. and it's going to have different drinking windows. Yeah. And it, I mean, it has its own story, and your job is to not get in the way. Your job is to sort of let it exactly. tell the story of the year. Exactly. My job is to tell the story of the year and of the of the vineyard. My my job is to kind of get out of the way, really, and show yeah. and maximize the potential of the vineyard. Uh, I can tell by your accent you didn't grow up here. But, I didn't. But you grew up in a place where there was a place in a time where people aged wines. Yeah. Is it hard to convince people to age their wines today? Or? Like I don't know, you meet your customers. Are they are they gung ho to age the wine ten years? I think so. I think I think if you tell them a story behind it and you explain why they need to age it, yeah, they're very keen to to see how the wine is going to develop. And especially at a tasting like this, where I was able to open up several vintages going back nearly ten years, mm-hmm. a lot of the a lot of the remarks was like, oh wow, it, it really changes, and and this is how they're going to see the wine develop. Well, let's let's have a look at these yeah. two wines. So we'll, we'll start with the 09. Yes. Do you always start with the old wine or the younger wine? That's another big conundrum at I, tastings. I, I never know. I never know. <laughs> it's, it's up to you. I think it's personal preference. I know. Some people say, I yeah. want to do the old, the new ones, and yeah. I think, wow. Just, just go for it. <laughs> yeah, let's go for it. Let's do the 09. Let's jump straight in. 
What can you tell us about the 09, perhaps, just in general, or do you have any I mean, details about what happened? I know you weren't here then, but I wasn't. I wasn't here. Yeah. But from all I understand, from what I understand, 09 was an absolutely fantastic vintage. Yeah. Um, you must know more, <laughs> remember about it. Um, but yeah, I mean, in, st- in terms of the blend, the the, the winemaker behind it, you know, it's it, it's a Merlot dominant, yeah, uh, roughly 60% Merlot, it's uh, one percentage of Cabernet Franc, Cabernet Sauvignon, Petit Verdot, Malbec. Stainless steel fermentation, uh, a year in barrel, 60-40 split. Yeah. Um, and what I lo- what I love about it is that it's still got a great structure to it. Is you can start you can start sensing the age of it, but in the palate, you know, it's still got lovely tannins, lovely structure, uh, and I think it's got this freshness, this acidity that comes through. And the tannins, I mean, it's the tannins that we're trying to uh, age or soften up, or I mean, there's two theories about that. There's some people say, well, if the tannins are perfect at the start, they'll be yeah. perfect forever. But but sometime in the bottle is useful, I think. It will help mellow them out, basically. It will yeah. soft them out and make them a bit rounder. Yeah. At the beginning, you know, at the 2018, which is our current vintage, it's got big, yeah. chewy tannins that you can taste just needs time. Um, whereas the 13, uh, the 9 has, has mellowed out. On yeah. Year, I think. What do you think? Like, this is a 58% Merlot or, yeah. you know, 26 cab. So is that relevant today to the kind of yes. wine that you want to make at a Soyuz La Rosa? Yes, I think, I think the, vineyard, the vineyard itself hasn't changed in its composition. Yeah. Um, I think we're very still Merlot dominant. Mm-hmm. Um, we have 60-odd percent of Merlot on the vine. Um, I think the Cabernet is incredibly important for Le Grand Vin. And I think the, what makes Le Grand Vin Le Grand Vin is the, the, the Cabernet Franc and the Cabernet Sauvignon that we find there. It will add a lot of that, that structure to the wine um, and it perfectly complements the Merlot and I'm not looking I'm not looking to change that yep okay 13 which is one of my favorite BC vintages I got lucky let's let's have a look (laughs) so yeah I think this is a wine that's drinking wonderfully now yeah Um, and you can it's interesting to to taste them side by side with the 09 because it's 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 got a bit more you know a bit more fruit to it it's got more tannins to it it's a bit more structured Wow. Well, I think, I don't know. For me, of course, there's a savoriness, uh, like this desert sagebrush savoriness that, that we have yeah. that a lot of people don't have. Like in Bulgari, they have it, but, you know, yeah. that's interesting to add that into that, a Bordeaux that, mix. That, that tertiary, you know, coming through, it gets replaced, yeah, with that yeah. sagebrush. Yeah, it's really uh, 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 delicious at this point. Well, this wine is, what, 23, so it's nine years old, just kind of. Yeah, just edging out of the bottle. Yeah, it's coming. <laughs> it's coming into its own. Yeah. Um, so people who go to the store and buy so- Soyuz La Rose and they're going to drink it, wh- what do you recommend in terms of decanting or opening or airing? How how would you I help like, them out with I that? I like to decant my wines. Yeah. And how long do you? Decant I would decant them? the wines a couple of hours after a couple of hours before. before. Yeah. yeah. I think that always helps, um, especially the older vintages. Um, when it comes to Pital, I think Pital is our second wine, and I sure. think it's lovely just to pop a pop the cork, and it's good to go. Yeah. Uh, how's it going this year? It's been a cool start. It's been a cool start. I mean, quite honest, after last year, after yeah. last season, it's quite nice to have some colder weather. In there. <laughs> <laughs> catch your breath, sort of thing. Yeah, but it um, always catches up. It but. will catch up. Um, I think. I think in a, in a couple of weeks from now, it's gonna it's gonna start to get hot. Again. Yeah. But um, no, I mean, it's it's um, we had a really cold winter. Which is good uh, for for certain for quite a few things in the vineyard, yeah. and I think it's shaping up to be a wonderful vintage. Soyuz La Rose is owned by a French family. 
It is. And uh, who are your bosses, I would imagine? They are my bosses. They are yeah. based in, in Bordeaux. Yeah. Um, What's that like? Are they supportive, or how, how do they, they feel about having this Canadian venture? They are very supportive of Canadian wines. Yeah. Um, and I know they, they, they love Canadian wines. They love the Swiss Rose. They love the Okanagan. Um, and they are constantly raving about it whenever they go back to Europe. Were you surprised by it when when you I first was. when you first came and saw it? I or? was. I was actually blown away by the, by the beauty of the of the valley. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to lie. You know, growing grapes in the Okanagan is challenging compared to other, other areas. It is. It is. I wouldn't call it extreme grape growing, but yeah. you have its cha- uh, challenges. But it is definitely worth it. Um, it's always more fun out near the edge, though. Yeah, it's pretty safe in the middle. It I, is, I, you know, it's it's terrifying at the edge, but no, it is, it is, it is terrifying, but it's completely, it's, it's rewarding. Yeah, and and I do think you know that the grapes you produce um, produce fantastic wines. Well, Michael, I hope you have a great week. You're going to have a lot of interaction out there in the next three nights. Yeah, uh, save your energy and then uh, get out and see some Vancouver restaurants and have some fun. I will. I will. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Michael Coleman, he's the COO and the winemaker at Asoyas La Rose. Uh, he joined us to talk about two vintages, the 09 and the 2013, uh, which just shows you how well these wines age. Uh, both of them are showing like youngsters, really, with a lot of life ahead of them. That's it for today's show, folks. Special thanks to our production team, including on-site producer Justin Kwan, our studio producer Dwayne Bishop, assignment producer Sherry Caleb, and director of operations Stu Ferguson. Join us next week when we continue our discussions here at the Vancouver International Wine Festival. Till then, I'm Anthony Gismani, and for all of us at the show, thanks for joining us. We'll be back next week across the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Until then, enjoy your weekend. That's it for today's show. This is BC Food and Wine Radio with Anthony Gismondi.